Welcome to a podcast by Michael Servetus on the book of the Errors of the Trinity, written in 1531 when he was 19 years old. A rare book. On the Errors of the Trinity, Book the First, Chapter 1. In investigating the holy mysteries of the divine triad, I have thought that one ought to start from the man. For I see most men approaching their lofty speculation about the word without having any fundamental understanding of Christ. And they attach little or no importance to the man and give the true Christ quite over to oblivion. But I shall endeavor to recall to their memories who the Christ is. However, what and how much importance is to be attached to Christ, the church shall decide. Paragraph 2. Seeing that the pronoun indicates a man whom they call the human nature, I shall admit these three things. First, this man is Jesus Christ. Second, he is the Son of God. Third, he is God. That he was called Jesus at the beginning, who would deny? That is, in accordance with the angel's command, the boy was on the day of his circumcision given a name. Even as you were called John, and this man Peter, Jesus, as Tertullian says, is a man's proper name, and Christ is a surname. The Jews all admitted that he was Jesus, but denied that he was Christ. Asking about Jesus, who is called Christ, and they put out of the synagogue those who confessed that he was Christ. And the apostles had frequent disputes with them about him as to whether Jesus were the Christ. But as to Jesus, there was never any doubt or question, nor did anyone ever deny this name. See what the discourse is aiming at, and with what purpose Paul testifies to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. With what fervor of spirit Apollos of Alexandria publicly confuted the Jews, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Of what Jesus do you suppose those things were said? Do you think they disputed there about a hypostasis? I am bound, therefore, to admit that he was Christ as well as Jesus. Since I admit that he was anointed of God, for this is thy holy servant, whom thou didst anoint. This is the most holy, who David foretold should be anointed. And Peter spoke of it as an accomplished fact. Yea, yourselves know, for the saying about Jesus is known to all men, namely, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, for God was with him. And this is he who is ordained of God to be the judge of the living and the dead, and to let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this Jesus, whom you crucified, God hath made both Lord and Christ, that is, anointed. Some, however, try to show that these pronouns mean another being, but John calls him a liar that denies that this Jesus is anointed of God. And he that admits that Jesus is the Christ is begotten of God. Chapter 3. 
Tertullian also says that the term Christ is a word belonging to a human nature, and although he makes careful inquiry concerning the word Christ, he makes no mention of that being which some make Christ out to be. Who, he also says, is the Son of Man, if not himself a man, born of a man, a body, born of a body? For the Hebrew expression, son of man, son of Adam, means nothing else than man. Again, the way the word is used implies this. For to be anointed can refer only to a human nature. If then, being anointed, as he says, is an affair of the body, who can deny the one anointed is a man? Moreover, in the Clementine recognitions, Peter brings out the meaning of the word, because kings used to be called Christs. Therefore, he, being distinguished above others by his anointing, is called Christ the King. Because just as God made an angel chief over the angels, and a beast over the beasts, and a heavenly body over the heavenly bodies, so he made the man Christ chief over men. Chapter 4. Again, on the authority of Holy Scripture, we are taught very plainly that Christ is called a man, since even an earthly king is called Christ. Again, of whom was born Jesus, the one who is called Christ. Note the article and note the surname, for these words and the pronouns are to be understood in the simplest sense. They denote something perceived by the senses. Again, thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he is very evidently writing of Jesus as a man when he says, And Jesus himself began to be thirty years of age and was supposed to be the son of Joseph. And of David's seed hath God, according to promise, brought Jesus. And John said, Think not that I am Christ. How absurd John's disclaimer would be if the word Christ cannot refer to a man. Moreover, to what end does Christ warn us to shun those men that called themselves Christ's? Christ's question and Peter's answer would be silly when Christ said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, thou art the Son of the living God. Nor would it mean the living word of God, for in speaking to a man he ought to have said, Christ is in thee, the Son of God is in thee, and not thou art. And when he charged them there that they should tell no man that he was Christ, tell me, what did he mean by that pronoun? For it is clearer than day that he meant himself and was speaking of himself. Do you not blush to say that he was without a name and that the apostles had preached him so long time without having called him by his own name? And do you on your own authority impose upon him a new and unfitting name and one unheard of by the apostles calling him only the human nature? Chapter 5. Again, let not the Greek title Christos deceive you, but take the word Mashok, or the Latin word Unctus, 
and see whether you who admit that we have been anointed will venture to admit that he was anointed. Nor should I so strongly insist upon proving this point, which is clear enough at the very outset, were it not that I see that the minds of some are misled. Again, Christ's testimony is very clear when he calls himself a man. Ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, and a mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Again, pay no regard to the word homo, which, if you hold to the communicatio indiomatum, has been corrupted in meaning, but take the word via and hear Peter when he says that Christ was a man approved, and concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a man, a mighty prophet, and after me cometh a man, and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and behold, the man whose name is the branch, and God will judge by that man, namely Christ. Again, do not misrepresent the law of God by circumlocutions. Consider rather the nature of the demonstrative pronoun, and you will see that this is the original meaning of the word, for when he is pointed out to the eye, it is very often admitted, This is the Christ, thou art Jesus and that he speaks, asks, answers, eats, and that they saw him walking upon the water. Likewise, I am he whom ye seek, Jesus of Nazareth, and whomsoever I shall kiss, that is he, take him. And in another place, it is I myself, handle me and see, and this Jesus whom ye slew, did God raise up, whereof we all are witnesses? Just what will you mean by such pronouns? As for an eyewitness, are we not in worse case than the Samaritan woman who said, Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever I did? Can he, this be the Christ? No wonder that a woman founded on Christ spoke thus, for when she was herself looking for a Messiah to come, who is called Christ, he replied, I that speak unto thee am he, I, I, not the being, but I that speak. You've been listening to on the Errors of the Trinity by Michael Cervatus, a rare book.